0: This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. This is a wild game of survival
1: And welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I am Joe Lipsiett and I'm joined as always by Jan Adams. Hello as well as gina Radcliffe. hello and ladies we are talking about fatal attraction season one episode seven no title as of the date that we are recording this
0: <laughs> i have a title for you it's called oh? who the fuck are these people
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, or or alternately daddy issues oh
0: yeah that's another <laughs> that's Oof. the subtitle
1: yeah, so the main storyline of this episode is we're not just talking about past and present anymore. We're talking about let's touch base with Alex as a 15-year-old child.
2: Mm. Yeah, we have like a third timeline now that we're dealing with.
0: Still with the same uh, filter, so it looks indistinguishable. At, le- at least they
2: do have an old song establishing what it's supposed to be, except I'm not sure that they got the... <laughs> I'm kind of pedantic about stuff like that. It seems early... The song choice seems for an earlier time period than it should be. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, that's Mm -hmm. it. It seems to be going for an old-fashioned kind of daddy kind of thing. And that said, like, there's a lot that I liked in this episode. Like... Again, it's like there's a good 10 minutes that I love, and the rest of it I'm just boggled <laughs> by. You know? my, my biggest
2: problem with this episode is, one thing, it spends too much time on the trial. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing, like, this whole flashback with Alex and her father should have been like two or three episodes ago.
1: Yes. Yes! Okay, that was my biggest issue, because I'm I'm in agreement with you, Jen. I didn't mind all of this stuff. I'm on record. Anything that we're doing with Alex, where we're gaining insight into her background, her behavior, I think is really interesting because that's things we never got in the film. But you're absolutely right, Gina. I was like, this is the pen ultimate episode. What the fuck are we doing getting all of this stuff with her dad now?
2: It's like, why are you you trying to make us feel for her now?
0: Yes. Yeah, because you've already spent so much energy villainizing her and making Dan her victim.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Because we've seen her talking to the dad. Now we find out her dad is scumbag dad, which I've got more thoughts on. But that he's the one who she's been talking to, which I kind of assumed it was an old boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And if I had known, so we've seen the seeds of this. We just, this is like a major Context that we didn't have that would have colored a lot going forward, you know For sure. Yeah
1: So I checked this because i've been trying to keep track of like who some of the actors are so we can reference them So her father's name is stanley. He's played by cliff chamberlain And his last credit on the show is the voice that we all assumed was the ex-boyfriend that she moved away from when she came to los angeles That was episode three
0: yeah, that's like the last time we heard her talking to him, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. Really? I, I, I'm i telling you, time has no meaning on this show. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay,
1: so Jen, walk us through this, because you said you like this storyline, so do we learn anything that you think is valuable, or are you kind of like, oh, this is good because it's just unpacking more of what we maybe already guessed?
0: Um, I think yes and no. I think it is adding sympathy to Alex and I think it is explaining her behavior without excusing it, you know, cause we learn, like in the first five minutes of the show, I think I wrote, Oh, her dad is an asshole. You know, I think that explains a lot. Like this dad, he's a narcissist. He's got. His own mental illness, I think. I mean, I want to be careful how I'm saying that because I don't want to, one, diagnose a TV character to i I'm not a mental health professional. But Mm -hmm. I mentioned borderline personality disorder in the last one. And I think that might be somewhere around there. But that's also pretty controversial. So I want to be careful how I'm saying that. But he's got issues. And he is emotionally abusive. And she has grown up. In a home where he will turn on a dime, like a lot of the behaviors that we have seen from Alex, we are now seeing from him. And so this is the home that she grew up in. And she has been kind of playing along and she's been used as like a weapon against the mom. So I think that's where we start to see the seed of her not trusting other women, which I think is Mm -hmm. interesting And then we see her, the beginnings, I think, of her self-harm, which I think is also very interesting. Like a lot of this mental health stuff, it feels a little hammy because her hair always is different to show her age. And that took me out every (laughs) once in a while. But it feels authentic, you know, like she has a conversation with her therapist about like, tell me you're not mad at me. I've had that conversation with my therapist, you know, like a lot of the dad stuff hit really close to home, you know, and I feel like. I wanted to see more of this Alex before because I think it would have explained a lot more, but I think we can't do that when we're spending so much time explaining Dan, you know? Yeah. I mean, this
2: show is still predominantly Dan's story. Right. And, and so as you know, as well done as I do think some of this, this flashback to Alex's life, even though it, you know, like I said, it it should have been done Way earlier, and and I feel like mm-hmm. they could have just, you know, parsed it out over a couple of episodes, just yeah. kind of, you know, like just, you know, re- her reflecting back on her life. I mean, yeah, you do get some episodes from her perspective, but mm-hmm. it still feels a little detached. Mm-hmm. Where whereas, you know, with Dan, you're you're kind of like he feels a much more of a lived in character. So I do think it's a puzzling choice to, you know, be this far into it and now like, well now see actually you should feel bad for her because she has all these problems.
0: Yeah, it's like a gotcha. Right.
1: So I have a question because I'm wondering would this all play better if we had have started in a linear fashion and we didn't have all the stuff with Dan just getting out of jail and we weren't cutting back to the quote unquote 2008 time period. Like if we had have started with Alex as a young child and got to see a little bit of her background and then we jump ahead to her as she's planning to move to Los Angeles. I think it would have been harder to sell because there isn't a hook, but I think it would have been way more satisfying. It
2: absolutely would have been a much more intriguing show to watch. Let me tell you guys something: I do not care about this whodunit part of the of the of the show. <laughs> okay. I don't ca- I don't care who murdered Alex at this point. I I am ninety nine percent certain it isn't Dan. <laughs> uh, so I don't really I don't really care. It is the least interesting part of the show for me, and yet. Right so much plot i don't i don't care about him reconnecting with his daughter because they kind of set that up like it was going to be like an ongoing thing and then they have coffee together and they're fine they're they're they're, they're, they're getting along mm-hmm. you know he's still you know hanging out with the ex-wife and they're they're all getting along and and you know nobody's like well this is weird you just got out of prison for murdering your mistress you know, it's <laughs> like, you know everybody's just buddy buddy again everything's cool you know yeah some of his colleagues are giving him the cold shoulder but you know, he gets a new job, like, almost immediately, and and mm. you know, it's like, okay, I don't care about any of this. You know, what I find interesting, I, I really liked it when you saw how both of them perceived the relationship. Right. You know, one of the problems with the, with the original movie is, you know, you're supposed to think, well, why would she think this was a, a real thing that they had? And it's like, well what if you just saw from her perspective to see why she might have interpreted as they had an actual relationship happening instead of just a fling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if this this show necessarily did it successfully. I think that, you know, some of her orchestrations were implausible, but I can better see why she might have, you know, thought they had something different than what Dan thought they had. Yes. So I think that's the part that worked for me. I don't care about this, you know, Dan exonerating himself.
0: Mm-mm. And I wonder if that was in the mind of either the people pitching or conceiving of the show or the people buying or greenlighting the show, because I don't know if either of you watched the affair.
1: I've not seen it no. I watched the first season.
0: That's about how much I watched I'm smoking hot pasty in that show, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the concept is the show is essentially cut in two halves, and one half is from her perspective right. and one half is from his perspective and you'll get like details like she's wearing something slightly sexier in his memory and more comfortable in hers, and that is a really interesting hook, and that it's done so much better here, but I feel like that approach to the story Gene, you're right that's what I'm interested in
2: yeah I mean I say I mean if, if I did this show I would cut it in half to four episodes
0: mm-hmm. and
2: just show the buildup of their relationship and ending it with him getting arrested for her murder and clarifying that he did not do it yeah because that is a callback to the to the movie mm-hmm. in which the original ending was that in, in that was that she committed suicide and made it look like he did it yeah. And, you know, the test audiences didn't like that. And that's why you got this silly, like, Friday the 13th ending where she had to be, like, shot, like, six times.
1: hmm I feel like one thing that's important to acknowledge, though, is that we're not just saying these things because we have seen the film and we're expecting it to follow those similar plot points or beats. Like, this TV show is not well done. Even if you hadn't watched the film, you would still not think that this is a good TV show.
2: No, no, it's, it's structurally, it's, it's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's just a mess. And like, if it were cut in half like that, I would be more okay with us spending as much time with Dan as we are. It's just that Dan gets his half of the show and all of the other women, they have to divvy up the other half of that pie, you know? And Mm -hmm. in the first scene, we get what I wanted. I wanted Dan looking in the camera admitting what he did And I feel like it was a bait and switch from that, you know? Oh, yeah. I will say I enjoyed seeing this judge just destroy him at the end of this episode. That was nice, like calling him a liar. And that was something that I kept thinking of that scene in uh, The Devil's Advocate, where he was like, if they believe that you are having an affair, then they will see you as a human. And I'm probably misquoting that, but like he he is in trouble because of his lies. If he had just told the truth about all of this, mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have gone to jail, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Well, that is what's interesting about the present-day scenes, and I, I agree with you, Jen. I really like the, the judge just dressing him down. Yeah. But, you know, this episode spends a lot of time to try to justify why Dan wouldn't have wanted to be vulnerable and say, yes, I had an affair. And you know, why Beth couldn't go on the stand and all this other bullshit. And honestly, I just don't buy it. Like I don't either. No. Beth at one point says, this is a huge risk that you're taking. And he's like, wow, this is how you play the system. And maybe the whole thing is about, you know, oh, the the pride and gumption of a straight white cis man. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. Okay.
2: I think that that's exactly what it is. That that he, mm. he, he thinks he's, you know, playing some like 4D chess
0: yeah, he's mm. a family man.
1: Oh God.
2: <laughs> but it's like, what are you risking here? I mean, Beth already knows. So, you know, mm-hmm. okay, you had an affair. Big deal, you know? I mean, like, that's... You know, I, I would say that if he admitted up front, that would have probably saved him.
0: Yeah. 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 And I th- I think that's a risk taken by a man who truly does not believe that anything really bad can ever really happen to him. You mm-hmm. know, like, he thinks the stakes are him getting acquitted and not being able to be a lawyer anymore and he doesn't realize that the state that the that we're not in the 80s anymore. He doesn't realize that the stakes are I go to jail. He just he does not think he is going to go to jail.
1: And here's the thing, that would be great. That would be almost exactly what we've talked about wanting from this TV show. Except the show gives us that, but then it also gives us the flip side, which Gina has been referencing probably the last three or four episodes, which is that we keep getting women and people of color who then lie because they Mm. don't want to support him because they don't like this about him. So in this episode, in the trial that's set in 2008, we literally see a montage of people of color trash talking Dan and mm-hmm. then we have one white man who is the owner of that restaurant that Dan goes to who says I don't recall I can't remember and you're just like oh I guess women and people of color are the villains when it comes to a white man's life
2: that's mm-hmm. why I, that's why I even though I, I don't think that it will end with the reveal that he did actually do it I mean that's the only way they can redeem this particular bizarre angle they're taking here
1: hmm yeah and and I agree with you, Gina. I don't think it's going to happen. So this just makes it seem like, oh, well, everyone is out to get this They're man. doing
2: exactly what people are accused of doing in these kinds of situations, is lying to frame the white man.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even as he literally tells his wife to lie on the stand so that if she tries to tell the truth, she'll perjure herself. And then he puts his daughter up there to also oh. lie.
0: Okay, now I have a question about this, because we still don't know what happened, right? Like, we don't know. And we hear Tiny Ellen tell this story, and she tells it convincingly, because, I mean, she's a child, you know. Mm -hmm. But we have not seen what actually happened there, right?
1: No, I'm predicting it'll be one of the things that we get in the finale, is that we will see the gaps in the story from Alex's perspective.
0: Because otherwise they would have shown us, right? Right. Because
1: also, like, we learn in this episode, oh, we found a body in the dam. Yeah. We still haven't seen a fucking body. Like, this is horror movie rules, ladies. Mm -hmm. We have not seen that body. To me, Alex is not dead yet.
0: Totally. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, like, what did they say? The wound was, like, blunt force trauma to the head or something? Which is about the most ambiguous way to die i think mm-hmm. you could have and if it's a why wa- i mean again this is all of my csi knowledge coming out but like if a body <laughs> is in the water you know they can't always be accurately identified so I don't know. Yeah. But we've only got one episode left <laughs> I, yeah. oh, boy.
1: so uh we've not talked about ellen in the present day scenes so we also learned that she is lying about stella's disappearance
2: apparently sure.
0: I was about to say maybe she's the body in the river and then I remembered oh they're different (laughs) timelines it's not the same thing uh, yeah, I loved her evil little smile when um, Professor, Anonymous Professor walks away. That's that's my kind of uh, evil smirk, you know? Yeah,
2: but why, though? I why? know,
0: I know. <laughs> hey, I've given up on the logic and I'm just taking what I can find, you
2: know? That's fair. Yeah, I, I honestly <laughs> got the right idea. I, I should be like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get any kind of satisfying answers from this.
1: But here's the thing. At this point, we put in seven hours of emotional investment into this. And it's just... So many of the decisions are either perplexing or, frankly, maddening. And, you know, like, we spent so much time with this character. I feel like we know her not at all. And yet...
2: All we know is she's very well versed in Jungian theory. We know this because she gives, like, seven monologues about it.
1: Can we fucking stop already?
0: Oh, my God. I swear, one of them, I heard the voice and I was like, wait, is that her dad? Is that the the shitty dad? Because all of these voices are running together. And honestly, it makes as much sense if that were the case, you know?
1: Yeah, because the sound design in this episode changes, right? So not only are we hearing Alex hearing her dad and Clay speaking to her, but also, yeah, there's a a moment where it seems like Dan is talking and then it switches into Alex's voice. or It's like, wait, what?
0: Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. And I have to say, I thought a little higher of Jung before the show started. Like, that whole explanation of how... Uh, a father has to cheat on his wife because it's a good example for his daughter. Like, uh-huh. he, did he uh-huh. what? <laughs> did he really? Not my you.
1: <laughs> Again, what are we doing? What know, is the takeaway from this? I,
2: I honestly don't know. I I don't know what they are trying to do. Oh, no, I know that. Actually, I, I, I scratch that. I do know what they are trying to do, but I don't mm-hmm. know why it turned out like this.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, again, I was watching this and I was like, I would have watched a whole Ellen season. And then I would watch. I would. Yeah, I. Okay. I still
2: still find her an interesting character at all.
1: I would have taken an episode, like a fully Ellen episode. Okay, let's see what this looks like from somebody who had to live through the whole experience. Like, I would have taken that. I would have taken a Beth episode, but a season? Oh, God, no. <laughs>
0: well, and I mean, truncated seasons, like not not 22 episodes or not even 10. But yeah, like, I'm I'm interested in this element. And I mean, maybe it's that I'm not interested in it the way they're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I would be interested in some kind of Fargo-like structure where the first season is the present day and the second Mm. season is the whole past, you know, and that's when we find out what really happened. It's just them going back and forth. It's just so hard for me to keep track of what's going on, you know?
2: Yeah, let's uh once again, I know we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but if you are watching this and as it's, you know, airing to Paramount, let us know if they do anything to, dist- to distinguish yeah. between what's right. the what's the present and what's the past because in the screeners, they do not.
1: You yeah. cannot tell. Oh my god, the number of times where I would start to be like in the past and it's like, oh no, this is <laughs> the present apparently. Okay, okay.
0: Oh my gosh! I couldn't imagine trying to take notes, keeping track of this episode.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> It's just no, all no, over no, the place. No, no.
0: And like again, like I feel like I'm just shitting all over it. But it's like shit away, I'm- Jen. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, like I said, you are you are much
2: kinder than, than I am. I I, I appreciate you <laughs> trying to find the goodness and everything. I'm just like I'm just like mm, no, no, they no. really fumbled the ball here. Well, yep. like
0: I'm interested in a lot of these things. Like okay, so and y'all mentioned in our last episode, and I think you're right. Like. I'm inclined to like things, and or I'm at least inclined to give a favorable review of things that mm-hmm. I see. And I think a lot of it, like, and this is from coming from my own therapy, but a lot of it is because I grew up with a dad very similar to Alex's dad. Right. So I just, i I try to filter things through a kind lens so as not to piss off, you know, and that's just kind of... The way I grew up seeing the world. And when I watch this episode and I see Alex relate to her dad and then go out to the rest of the world, I'm like, there is good here. There is Mm -hmm. good stuff. And I really want to see that. And it's just so frustrating to see it. It's like they picked up a whole bunch of things that I love and then just kind of dumped them on the floor in a pile, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I I agree. I agreed with you last week. The Clay Mm -hmm. stuff was working for me. And this week, I think the stuff with Alex and her dad is really working for me. It's just that we also had to do bullshit stuff with this petition in the present day. We have Ellen. We've got all of the bullshit with the trial and watching all these people get up and just say shit. And it's just, I don't know. I'm still really trying to reconcile with is the show bad unequivocally or is the show just not doing what i want it to do and as a result i'm really really frustrated
2: that's a good question actually i i i have to yeah. think about that myself it's like but I, on, the, on the other hand i do think that the pacing is t- terrible i i oh, yeah. i so they, it, it is glacial um you could walk away from an any any random episode for 15 minutes and come back and not have missed anything
1: mm-hmm. yeah Because even the preview for this episode, I noticed it was like, oh, we're not talking about any of these other characters. It's like, you just need to remember Ruiz is the woman who he has had a a previous confrontation with because she is going to be the person who's against him in court. Okay, well, I guess none of those other fuckers mattered.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And again,
2: it goes back to what you were saying, Joe, about... You know, a, a female person of color is his nemesis uh-huh. and, and the one who sends him up the river. And it's like, yep. do, we want that, do we want that to be our takeaway the here?
1: The racial politics of this show make me extremely uncomfortable. Yes. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for a while, I was like kind of enjoying how diverse the casting is because it looks like they have intentionally yeah. diversified the cast, but- they didn't do that sensitively. Like you cannot just cast people of color and not think any more about it. Like you have to go the next step and think about the roles you're actually casting them for.
2: Like I'm still not quite I'm still not quite sure the the bailiff, I don't remember his name what exactly like, it's not even about a, oh, I, you know, you made Alex look bad and, and, you know, I need to teach you a lesson. He just like, no, fuck you. I'm not helping you. <laughs> <Right>. mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it's like, I mean, unless that, like, suddenly comes up in the finale. It's like, okay, like, you know, why is he violently opposed to, to even just saying, you know, yeah, she harassed me on the job.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do enjoy get it, seeing Dan, like, get yelled at, though. You know? So every time <laughs> yep. that happens, like a, <laughs> a Jen gets wings, I guess. <laughs> 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 I also say there's another thing that I really enjoyed. and It was a tiny little moment, but the lamp part, you know, like where she, cause I think we see that she's losing time a little bit in this episode. Right. And when she's sitting and she's hearing the voices in her head and we see the lamp and then the lamp doesn't go on and off like in the movie, but mm-hmm. it gets dark. And I thought that was a really nice little callback.
2: I you know, somebody did their homework as far as how these sort of mental illnesses. And, and I think, Jen, you speculated in the last episode that it's borderline personality disorder. Right. I, I think that they're being careful not to give her a specific diagnosis. Yeah, I think right. that's smart, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you see her doing, you see her engaging in self-injury, and you see her decline. And, again, I don't have a problem with any of that. I, I, yeah. I, I think Mm-mm. it is good to humanize her a little bit. But it's just, it's so late in the game, and in the end, it doesn't really seem to mean much because the audience already has determined... That she is a monster and she has to pay. Mm-hmm. But like one thing I really like, particularly about Lizzie Kaplan's performance throughout the entire season and and here uh, especially, is that she does a really good job of pretending to be someone who has it together. Yeah. And then right. and then you know she just you could just see something changing in her eyes when it's just like you know oh mm-hmm. they see right through this you know that yeah. like. You know, and then it becomes, like, anger and defensiveness.
0: Which, in my, like, experience with people who act like her, and in being a, a less uh, maniacal version of this character, like, that feels really authentic to me. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, you
2: you see this, well, I'm going to lash out at you before I can, you know, let yeah. you down and Before anymore. you can
1: hurt me. Right, exactly. exactly.
2: Yeah, I think that yeah. part is very, you know, there's so much lost potential in this show, and yeah. I think that's what the frustrating yeah. thing is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because even like the the scenes with her therapist that we get in this episode, the scenes that we get with her law study group, and then oh, yeah. how she turns on them when she leaves, all of that stuff is really good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, she feels like a believable
2: character. Unfortunately, yes. unfortunately, you know, she's a believable character, you know, kind of shoved into this implausible storyline.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes she's like I'd say seventy percent of the time she's a believable character and then the other thirty percent it's like show makes her bad, you know?
2: Well also, yeah, I mean particularly in the in the the uh, third episode where she has all this incredible foresight as to, you know, you know, oh, well yeah. I, I, I know I know what floor he's gonna get off at, so I'm gonna run downstairs and wait for him to out the elevator. <laughs> and it's like uh, you guys work for the same, you know, you know, office. You can just casually run into him at some point. What
0: mm-hmm. cracks me up is thinking how many times she ran down the stairs and just didn't catch him, you know? Because like <laughs> shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was always my experience, is like I would try to like, oh, oh, fancy meeting you here. And it just, you know, I was I there. think it would be funny. Day. Like he
2: opened the door, like the doors and She said they're like, Right? <laughs> exactly. all, all sweating and all, like, are you all right?
0: right? I made
1: this run seven times today.
0: Exactly. I also enjoyed seeing the seeds of her pyromania too. I was like, there we that's go. a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, it does, it does do a little bit
2: of checking off the boxes of psychosis. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm surprised they don't see. I, I'm surprised they didn't uh, uh, show her like you know killing an animal or something like that. You know, right. I mean, but
1: like. Oh. Uh, well, Gina, there's still that rabbit. That, that is could. true.
2: That <laughs> is true. They are teasing something happening to that rabbit. I
0: know, rabbit uncaged. Yeah.
2: And she did get mad at the neighbor for for you know you know being you know as she proceeded nosy, even though the uh mm-hmm. you know the neighbor perhaps a little overbearingly, but does seem to you know be concerned for her well being.
0: Surely they tested the blood, right? What if that's
2: rabbit's blood?
1: Oh, oh God, they
2: didn't test the blood. That would be the most <laughs> incompetent.
0: I know that would be your grounds for a mistrial. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting great, thorough police detective. No, that's true. That's
0: true. I I do see, I do
2: sense a pulling something out of their ass at at, at zero hour. You know, happening here.
0: Even though it was 2008, prime CSI time. Oh
1: my god! (laughs) Drink every time Jen references CSI. They
2: (laughs) had the technology.
0: You kid, but I have edited in the CSI Miami theme song. Four times to other
1: pods.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I finally just scraped it and put it in my episode clips folder (laughs) because I kept having to find it so many times. Yeah, it never gets old, at least to Uh, me.
1: I feel like it has such a visual style to it, too, mm. right? <laughs> like, you hear it, you'll see it.
0: Exactly. I know. I love it.
1: <laughs> okay, so we have one episode left. We're moving yeah. into the finale. I'm curious, Jen, do you have any predictions about what we're going to see next?
0: Well, now I do, because in the last couple of minutes, I was like, what the fuck? Beth? Is Beth mm. the killer? Mm. Which, and and so speaking of evil female killer grins, like, I loved Alex's face at the very end of this episode, too. She was like, how else will I know what you want? Like, that's the Mm -hmm. evil energy that I love from her. I just wish it were more balanced. But yeah, I mean, is Beth a killer?
1: I mean, it's definitely unexpected that these two would be meeting for some purpose. And this is right after Beth's mother was killed, which was, like, back in episode three. (laughs) So it's intriguing i'm curious once again about the timeline because yeah this could hypothetically position beth as a killer
0: yeah and if she's gonna kill him and then screw dan over genius i love that
2: (laughs) but again (laughs) but but that'd be a cool twist but again it kind of plays into the you know you all women are conniving bitches
1: kind of thing
0: exactly yeah women are evil yeah
1: so gina we know that you have actually technically already watched the finale but mm-hmm. is there one thing that you remember expecting or anticipating going into the last episode
2: um i mean I, i've already established that i don't think that that there'll be some twist that dan actually did it okay. um so that's you know which again feels like a you know a lot of it's a waste of time kind I of know. kind mm-hmm. of you know you opposing well maybe he is
0: that's my fanfic i'll write that fanfic for y'all <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I I expect, as I said, that we'll get a couple of gaps filled in from Alex's perspective. So what really happened after Dan beat the shit out of her with the blood on the floor and whether or not we actually see her body and she's really dead. Something has got to happen with this fucking Ellen storyline and her yeah. friend Stella and the professor, whether we're going to do something where she is revealed to be a female killer or a wackadoodle i don't know i i feel like that's the direction they're heading in and i don't know if that's going to be enough to justify all of the time that we have spent with this character
0: no i don't think so no unless alex was actually pregnant and stella is alex's daughter and she's back for revenge (laughs)
1: I'm honestly worried that we're going to end this with some kind of weird, not quite cliffhanger, but there will be a lack of closure so that if we wanted to, we could come back for a Mm -hmm. season two.
0: Oh,
2: Lord.
1: I know. I'm going
0: to need, and you know, I've talked about wanting multiple seasons, but it's too late now.
1: Oh yeah, that ship has sailed.
0: Exactly, well, because they originally, I'll
1: never get what I
2: want. When they announced that they were going to reboot this uh, a few years ago, it was originally supposed to be an anthology series.
1: Mm. Woodwatch.
2: I don't, I, I don't know if it was going to be like episodic, where each episode would be a different affair that goes bad, mm-hmm. but Ooh, I, I think that, that it wasn't supposed to be like a, a retelling of the Dan and Alex story, just kind of a, a vague inspiration for it. Right.
1: Or next season's
0: Basic Instinct, maybe yeah
1: see hmm see i would watch that
0: i would watch it too yeah
1: sidebar gina as you were describing what would have been a better sounding show uh <laughs> i couldn't help but think oh maybe we should have just been watching what women kill or why women kill all of this time
0: <laughs> i mean i watch that <laughs>
1: No, because there's a, a TV show. It's by Mark Cherry, the guy who did Desperate Housewives, where he had three different women in three different timelines, and they all are accused of murdering either their lover or their husband or something like Lucy Liu's in it, uh, Jennifer, what's her name? Jennifer with the G. Um, oh,
0: Jennifer Goodwin? Yeah. Oh, looking at that in print breaks my brain. hmm Hey, i watched that. That sounds fun.
1: <laughs>
0: Maybe I will. Maybe I'll watch it as a palate cleanser. Cause I mean, I, I don't know. I think I have been the most excited to keep watching this series of the three of us, and I am very interested to watch this last episode. Like I'm probably gonna watch it as soon as we get done recording, because I want to know what they're well, doing. Oh, the well, I need,
2: I need you, I need you to report back to me as soon as you're
1: <laughs> done. <laughs> okay. like, Don't leave me on red. I need to know <laughs> <Right>. immediately. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. I can't imagine it's gonna please me, but you know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for at least something that kind of satisfies in a small component, but I'm <laughs> I'm not going in with high expectations.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe Liz Kaplan will finally get some head. That's what I that's what I've wanted for her for this whole season. <laughs>
1: there we go. All right, well. Why don't we leave it at that? Uh, <laughs> Jen, if people want to talk to you about Lizzie Kaplan's hairstyles, how can they get <laughs> in touch?
0: You can contact me at jemferatu on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Okay. And Gina, if people want to talk to you about how this show could have been done better as an anthology, how would they reach you?
2: Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Uh, I co-host the Kill by Kill podcast and I have a Substack at GinaWatchesThings.Substack.com
1: Fantastic and I can be reached at B stole my remote and that's the letter B and thank you as always to the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network Uh, if you're enjoying our absolute trial and tribulation with this (laughs) show maybe give the podcast network a rating or review we would love to uh, hear from you but uh, ladies, this is not the end. We have at least one more Somehow. hour. <laughs> Somehow it's not
2: the end. We have an
1: hour more of Fatal Attraction, so we will be back next week for the finale. But until then, be careful of women and people of color, because men, white men, they're coming for you.
0: We are coming for you.
1: <laughs> you know what? Fucking get them. Exactly. Fucking come and get us. Take over.
0: <laughs> Finally. <laughs> right. Don't throw at me with a good time.
1: <laughs> this is a wild game of survival.
0: The Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.